I think honestly, just overthinking it is the number one mistake I see. So really when we're talking about onboarding sequences, I have two different emails that I recommend. Today's episode is sponsored by winthehourwintheday.com, where we help you stop working so hard. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, if you would love to explode your profits and crush your demanding schedule, then you must check out our winner's circle. We have just added a whole bunch of free bonuses. People have been wowed by them. So you wanna check out our winner's circle. I guarantee you are going to be excited, engaged, and ready just to take on this next year. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day, and I am your host, Chris Ward. And today in the house, we have Brittany Bailey. Okay, I am so excited you're here, Brittany. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, Brittany. Now, I think she paused because usually you give a big old meamble and all that stuff about your bio, but we just jump into it, Brittany. We don't mess around here. We want tangible takeaways. Okay, so while you're here, Brittany, you're going to talk to us about email marketing, about keeping our list engaged. And listen, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I am not good at that. I was going to say I'm awful, but there's <laughs> that's limiting my growth, but it's hit and miss. So I'll get all up on it for a couple of months and say, okay, this is what you should do. And I know you should do it. But then I think, I don't know what, like what I'm sending them and here's some tips or here's something that happened to me on the weekend. Does anybody care? And so then I lose momentum and I think my energy should be put somewhere else. So tell me why I'm wrong. I know I'm messing this up, but how do I fix it? I don't think you're wrong. I actually, in all of the years that I've been doing this, which is six I have not connected with an entrepreneur who didn't have that experience Um, because the thing is we all have busy lives and we all have a lot of things on our plate and email marketing is one of those things where it's a cumulative effect. And so Mm. if you do it like, you know, for a couple of weeks, you're not probably going to see an immediate massive spike in ROI and massive response. And so it's one of those things that's like a slow burning fire. So it's kind of understandable why entrepreneurs experience that, but it's also why I, myself as an email marketer, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys have to do this because when you get to a point in your business where you really need email marketing, like say your Facebook ad account gets shut down, then Mm. you're having to start the slow burn then. So it's understandable, but that's why I am so uh, passionate about talking about this. Okay. So those are some good points. It kind of, I always compare things to fitness and health because everybody at some point in their life have wanted to lose five pounds. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, when you think, okay, that's it, I'm turning this around. You know, I just felt awful for whatever last week and you really clean up your diet or I, I try to be health focused, but I got people in my life that will be like, okay, but I, you know, I've done this for three days now and I don't see a difference. <laughs> okay. 
you know, you're not going to lose all the weight by Thursday. Um, so I think that's what you're saying here is like, that's great, Chris, even if you did it for even a couple months, it's the accumulation. That's a, that's a powerful word that you said there. I'm like, Oh, well, I can't argue that. Cause I didn't accumulate very long. I, I mean, I did, I would be loyal for it for like five months and then off for four, whatever. Okay. So accumulation, powerful word. It's going to haunt me, right? Because now you can't argue against it. You're like, well, I got to wait and see this out. And I, I agree with you 100%. We all know, we know, we know that we can't depend on the socials. They're so moody. And I'd love to have a business like Facebook where I can just eliminate people, shut them down or do whatever. And then you don't even have customer service. You can't even call and say, well, you were wrong and here's what you did. Now, let me back up. I don't think I would love to have that business, but they do have quite a, a clobber and a firm hand and a moody hand at that. So we know it's important. So then what am I putting in these email broadcasts? How long should they be? What am I doing right or wrong or anything? Yeah. So really email marketing, I look at as ha having three pillars. So okay. we have one pillar that is our, what I call core sequences, staple sequences, whatever you want to call them. These are evergreen sequences that you are sending out consistently. Then we have our segmentation, which is kind of like the tech side of things. It's making sure that we are leveraging those core sequences Meaning when somebody joins product A, they are getting a sequence for product B. And that's only possible if we're segmenting correctly. And then pillar three is our ongoing content. So this is content that we're sending out week to week to week. And what I find with a lot of entrepreneurs is they skip to column C or, or pillar C. And they just want to start emailing their list, which is great. But if we don't have these other two things in place, we're not really going to be able to pull cash off the table from our list. And so I always like to look at it in this holistic way that there's three pillars to content marketing. Okay. So, all right. I agree with you. So we're all just going, well, we should email the list and we do it. And then we fall off the wagon and we crawl back on all that stuff. Fabulous. Now for those of us who are not doing a lot of products out there. Let's, let's say we definitely have had, um, you know, info products and stuff like that, but for the bulk of it, we do coaching. We've got the winner's circle. We've got things like that. And we may be promoting that. So when they come into the list, the, my, my theory is that they're all at this point, I'm dealing with entrepreneurs who've been in business at least, you know, five years, uh, their service base, they're doing well, but they're still working too hard for what they're doing. So they may look good on paper and everyone thinks, oh yeah, you've got it figured out, but they don't realize the amount of hours and grind they're still putting in there. Right. So then I guess I would think, how am I segmenting that? Is it possible? Am I naive to think I could have one group that they're really not that segmented? Yeah. If you have just one main product, then yeah. you might not need to do a lot of segmentation. Okay. Um, okay. So typically when I look at segments, I have two for every product. So one is clicked and one is customer. So if I have product A, then anybody who was sent the promo emails for product A and clicked on them, but did not buy, they are a clicked segment. So I know that later when I relaunch product A, I'm going to that list first because they're already warm. Then I have a okay. customer tag. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just pause you there just yep. so I understand. Mm -hmm. So I could be doing for the winner circle. We tend to all think about product, like, you know, info products, but I could be saying, okay, we've got this new program, the winner circle, guarantee you're going to love it. It's, gonna, it's a different price point and really easy investment for you guys to get the same results as the private coaching. So I could put a message out there 
And then the ones that show any interest or click in any capacity, now we segment them. So I was thinking the segment in, a segmentation had to happen as soon as they came in and it could, but I can also segment them later. Yep. Exactly. Okay. It, it can right. definitely happen as soon as they come in. If you want to say these people click on my podcast link, cause I put that in my onboarding sequence or whatever. Okay. So it's really like it's interest driven and that okay. allows you to create sequences that are going to convert higher because you are sending them directly to people who have already told you they like podcasts or directly okay. to people who already told you they prefer physical books rather than audiobooks or whatever. So right. you're able to really reach the people who you want to reach, it gives you higher open rates, gives you higher conversion rates, all the good things. So segmentation is really critical, but it's not talked about a lot. No, I think you bring up some really good points because I think we all, or I did, I can't speak for everybody else's silliness. My mindset was like, okay, if I've got product A is info product, whatever we'll call it. Uh, don't pull your hair out. You're too busy info product seven week course. And then product B is our outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs and product C. So I thought, oh, those are it, but they could just be, like you said, interest driven. So we know that they opted in because they, something on our podcast page. Great. All right. They're over here. So I was just thinking like physical products that you would sell to make money on determine it. But this whole idea of interest in the segmentation even though it's the same, uh, maybe I'm covering the same topic, the, whether they read my book or heard the podcast or came in a different way, that's a whole different thing. Right. And I guess it would mm -hmm. also even determine, let's say they got my free audio book. So then maybe I'm going to send them more audio type stuff because they've shown interest in that. Exactly. Okay. That, all right. There is, that's okay. That's a aha moment there. Okay. Um, so when, when we're doing the ongoing emails, as I said, I struggle with that. What are some rookie mistakes we're all making there? I think honestly, just overthinking it is the number okay. one mistake I see. So really when we're talking about onboarding sequences, I have two different, um, two different emails that I recommend. And so the first one is external driven. So it is for you would be a great example. Hey, we have a new episode of the podcast. And so what that, what that email is doing every single week is training your subscribers to look for an email from you that makes them click to go somewhere else. So our click-through rate is what we're really building in that ongoing email. So every single Tuesday, for instance, you have a new episode come out and you send an email that says, Hey, we have a new episode. It's this person. We learned this open the curiosity loop and send them to, you know, wherever they listen to podcasts. So that's email number one. Email number two is more story content driven. And I typically either don't put a link in it or just put one like evergreen funnel link in it. It's very much supposed to nurture our open rates. So really we have two data points in email marketing that are really, really important, click rates and open rates. So if we are doing these two kinds of emails every single week, we are continuing to show our email service provider that people are clicking and reading our emails. And so this second email is very story-based, content-based. Here's a lesson that I learned while I was, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And that comes, you know, maybe every Thursday. 
and you are training your subscribers to open emails from you because they're learning something from you every single Thursday. So really those two emails are all we need to do. I see entrepreneurs overthink it. They think they have to email every single day. They think they have to email, oh, you know, yeah. 2000 word <laughs> emails or something like that. Yeah. And really we don't have to do that. Okay. I got a whole bunch of questions here. So number one, mm-hmm. in the first one where you say, okay, I'd send it up to say, here's my podcast for the week. Here's my link. Now, uh, I guess, you know, you start, I know this in business, you hear all these little things that, well, yes, that's true, but it doesn't apply here and you can't take it as gospel. So one of the other things we've had other people in the shows that be mindful, it's better if you don't have links in the email, because a lot of the providers like search for that. Right. So, but I guess what you're saying is even if that's true, now we've got two options. We've got the email link and then we've got one without a link. Correct. Yes. Okay. So really okay. when it comes to promotional, like landing in the promo tab, it has, there's so much there because it's really like, it kind of is this, um, it's a scale. So if you run your email through a promotional filter, like there's these ones online, you can say like, is not spam.com is one of them. Um, where basically you send your email to a unique email address and they tell you what your spam score is or what the probability of you going into promo tab is. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons that you would land in promo, excessive graphics, um, really like high density (laughs) of, um, hold on. When you say excessive graphics, you mean too many pictures, right? Yes. Cause it almost sounds like porn, like excessive. Yeah. Not porn. (laughs) (laughs) Although probably yes, that would land you in spam. Okay. No porn. Um, Got it. Lots of no porn, lots of graphics. Okay. Um, lots of links. So this is where the this is where the misconception comes from. It's not lots of the same link. It's emails that have like seven links to seven different places. Okay. So typically I say like three is a good number and it would be three of the same link. So it's three links that go to your podcast. So that's not going to trip a spam filter unless you have a lot of other things going on. But if you're saying, you know, when the hour, when the day link up here, down here. And then in the PS is a link also, that's not going to send you to spam. It's when you have like seven different ones. Perfect. Okay. That's a great clarification. And then number two, my question is when you talk about story driven. So my fear was I was doing stories and I may have, have been doing it from the wrong angle. So in one hand, I might like, so yesterday I had a client and she was like, she's new to us. And she was just full Lord. Cause she went away for three weeks and she came back and usually no, sorry. She went away for a week. My apologies. She went away for a week and she came back and she says, usually I call the snow banking. You go away and you think, Oh, I had a week off, but no, you just, it's, you don't get rid of the snow. You just got piles on both sides of your vacation. Right. So she came back and she said, normally when, if I take a week off, I come back, it takes me three weeks to catch up. And she said, this is insane. Chris, I really did 80 hours worth of work in one week. And I didn't even quite work 40 hours. Like she she was like, this is crazy. Right. And I, cause I didn't believe what you said. This can be done. This is crazy. So my concern about putting that in the email broadcast is I feel like I'm just lecturing and saying the same thing over and over again. Like, okay. It's like, you should be healthy. Here's what, you know, here's a tip. Eat carrots. Don't have potato chips when you're walking, watching the game. Right. So could the story sometimes be that, but then also the story is more effective if it's from my journey of learning versus, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah. So everybody has a different style of communicating, right? For you, it might sound natural for you to 
take it into your voice and say, you know, this is my journey and this is what happened. But when we're talking about case studies, which is essentially what that would be, it doesn't necessarily sound like lecturing. It's more inspiring or motivational, right? So it's really the way that it's told. Um, But I know that there have been times like just as a random example, like I was frustrated with how I just kept hitting this ceiling of Instagram followers. Like I kept getting to this place and it was just stuck, 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 no matter how much I was publishing. So if I got an email from an Instagram marketer who was like, this person was stuck, 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 stuck. And then they did Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. And now they have 20,000 followers. That to me would be like, cool. That's what I want. That's what I've been trying. What do you have to offer me to get me there? Okay. So it's more of I think I got confused with story where you're right versus case study. Okay. So then it's kind of like, this is my, my new dark obsession. It's hilarious. And ever, if somebody told me this a year ago, I would have laughed out loud at them anyhow. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before, because I'm telling you people I'm all up in it, but I watched the Netflix, uh, formula one docu series. Mm -hmm. And then I start watching the racing last year. Crazy. And now I'm even watching, I've got a website I'm watching from, I can't go to Mars. Like I can't do the season where they take time off. So I'm now watching old races from another year, which was a very exciting year. I won't bore you people with why I'm going back to 2016, but anyhow. So what has amazed me from a business perspective is first of all, I thought it was just cars going around in a circle, going as fast as they can, which is the concept of business. So, so many people I deal with think, oh, you know, I did for years. I'm what I call a recovering Russiaholic. You just got to go fast. That's how you get stuff done. Go, go, go. And what is astounding to me about Formula One is crazy. The billion dollar cars. I thought at first it was the idea that you could get this system from Australia one weekend to Abu Dhabi somewhere else in the world, like a third world, you know, a third world country, but a foreign, foreign, foreign country in 10 days. And you've got banners and like, everything's there. The cars are there, the computers, the banners, everything. But not only that is the winning is based on strategy. It's not the, it's not about the speed. There's strategy things put in play. So that's a learning thing where I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like business, I, it's, it's about strategy, not speed. So would that be a story that, okay, I'm learning and here's what I'm still learning kind of angle? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So what I like to think of these emails as is like, hopefully we all love our customers, right? I know I love my customers. So what I like to think of these emails, like, is like, I am telling my friend what has helped me this week. So I'm literally Uh just being like, Hey, oh my gosh, I was watching this. And this is a little bit my voice too. So if you have a more like buttoned up voice, it wouldn't probably be as informal, but it'd be like, oh my gosh, I was watching this docu-series and it totally made me think of business because this, this, and this, have you ever noticed something like that? Or have you ever drawn that conclusion or whatever? Cause we're in, inviting them to respond to us. That's another great mm. tactic when we're emailing. So we're inviting them to respond to us and it kind of breaks down these, these walls, you know, that we have with our marketing where it's like, we're not that accessible or, you know, people aren't quite understanding like how you got from point A to point Z. It feels like to us, to entrepreneurs, it feels like we're telling our story all day long, every day, but everybody has, you know, 20,000 people on their email lists. And so they're seeing your email maybe less frequently. And so to them, they're like, Oh, right, Chris, that's exactly right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful to me. And so you know, to them, it's not like you're telling your story all the time. 
It's only like that to you. And you know, sometimes we, I always tell, I, I have a saying, you forgot, I forgot I knew that, right? Like, oh, I knew, because I read stuff from other people and I think, oh, that's interesting. Oh, she watches a show that I do or whatever. But again and again and again, again, I had no, I have to hear that you think, I think, well, what I'm doing isn't as interesting or I don't have like, you know, you see somebody else, like one of my clients, she's a designer. It's like, oh my gosh, everything's so interesting because it's show and tell and all this other stuff. So I think you just forget that it is part of building relationship, them getting to know you. And then I always look at my life and say, well, I quite like my life, but it's very quiet. I've been living like I'm a 90 year old since I was 22 years old. I just like to get up early and do stuff and be home at night. And so I keep thinking, well, that's boring. So what are, I don't have really powerful takeaways or something, but it's just keeping, it's keeping the conversation open and keeping them engaged. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. It kind of reminds me of during this crazy pandemic, there was some family that I um, didn't get to see like everybody else. And I would normally see them every three months. We travel, we all get together. That's fine. And then I realized, oh, this isn't happening. And so you would call them once a month and it, it just wasn't the same because it's like, well, what happened this week? Well, kind of nothing. So then we got on a zoom call every Tuesday night, the three of us. And so you would hear something really minor that is part of the relationship and the experience that I wouldn't have gotten a phone call when I checked in once a month because it wasn't, well, it wasn't newsworthy, but this week it's like, Oh, you know, remember I, whatever I stubbed my toe. Well, you know, I couldn't go to the, to the gym because of that. And I haven't exercised in three days. That's minor stuff, but it wouldn't have come up later. Right. Yes. Okay. And it makes you okay. feel close to them, right? Like yeah. knowing that yeah. stuff, you know, their day-to-day life. It's kind of like Insta stories, right? Like when Insta story came out, And we all of a sudden went from just this really beautiful curated feed of Instagram Mm. to now we're seeing someone at the gym. Now we're seeing someone walk their dog. Now we're seeing someone, it like broke down those barriers that we had. And it made us a lot more connected to these influencers or marketers or whoever we were following. It's very similar to email. These minor details don't feel like that to us. They feel like noteworthy to us. But as we're sharing them in context, you know, we're not emailing, hey, I went to the store today. But as we're sharing them in context, they really are drawing our customer closer to us. That's a really good point because that was a big uh, complaint or the negative about Instagram for a long time. It was so polished, so detached. It was like, well, if I don't have a well-groomed storefront and all this doesn't look pretty together, like you don't even try. And now it made it more real. Okay. Excellent. All right. So we've got like five minutes left. These have been powerful tips. We don't know. We don't know what are, what, what, what would you spend the last five minutes telling us about that? It's like, is often missed. Uh, onboarding sequences. So onboarding sequences, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, we have core sequences of those core sequences. The onboarding sequence is the most underutilized that I see. And so when we send out, whether it's for a low ticket product or a freebie or however, somebody's getting onto our list, that very first email that we send out has up to a 95% open rate. We probably will never see that again. And so what I love to do with that fulfillment email is really leverage it. So we not only deliver the product, but we say, Hey, I'm Chris. I do this, this, and this, by the way, I would love for you to catch my podcast. Here's, you know, a quick thing that you can get, that you can gain from it. And I'll be in touch tomorrow to let you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So we set up an expectation. Then we send another email. So I like to do this in five parts. We send another email the next day 
And what we're doing in these next four emails is basically saying who you are, who you help, why you're uniquely qualified to help them do X, Y, and Z. And then email number five is a roundup of resources. So it's all the different ways that they can connect with you, free Facebook group, book, whatever. Um, So what I like to, like, this is called an onboarding sequence. It's really a context sequence. It's really a sequence that is giving them context for being on your list forevermore. So you're saying, this is like the story. This is the reason why you should follow me, especially if they come in from like a cold Facebook ad, you know, they don't really know you. And so this sequence is something that I see completely missed by a lot of people because we're moving super fast, but it has such a high open rate and such a high um, retention rate that we really can get a lot out of it. Yeah. So again, you speak of products, but even if somebody opens whatever, a free audio version of my book or a PDF, so I've done this, you open it and it's like, well, they might forget like, unless you're clear 24 hours later, who are you again? Right. Cause we get so many emails. So, so it is a good reminder. And I'm, <laughs> this is just like a, I'm not, I'm not Catholic, but I feel like I'm in, in confession here. Um, so this reminds me in that there was a point where I did have a five part sequence and cause Russell Brunson's all about that and funnel hackers and stuff, but it felt so constructed to me. I do think yours has a gentler touch to it that I just thought, oh my gosh, they said to me, it was like, somebody said, hello. And now I, I thought I've called, they said, hi. And I thought maybe they liked me and I called them every day for five days. <laughs> That's what I felt like. I was like, okay. So I think your approach breaks it down more, uh, because I think the other ways I felt like they were coming on too strong. So it wasn't also the volume, it was the content. So this is a little bit different. Would I put a link in, do I do the teaser like on day two, say, check out this email tomorrow. I'm going to give you blah, blah, blah. Do I give a hook and a tease and and a link? What's the formula there? Yeah. So they're frozen. So once they get onto your list from however they get onto your list, I don't send them those two emails that I talked about as ongoing emails until they go through the onboarding sequence. So they get into your list and they get these five emails and then they get dropped into the main list where they're getting your teaser emails and your story-based emails twice a week. And so during these onboarding emails, we would do maybe one link as per email all the way up to email number five, which is the resource email. Um, But it's a very soft call to action. So like these emails are really about playing the long game. They're really about giving context for who you are so that when you do send them a promo sequence, you know, three weeks later, they are still familiar with who you are. They've heard parts of your story. They've heard your sense of humor. Like they are still kind of aware of you. And so it's not about selling them something, but I never miss an opportunity. So if we want to put it in the PS line, like, by the way, have you caught my book? It's here you know, so very soft sell, but it's something there that if they want to go deeper, they can. Okay. So I think that the, again, it's about the relationship and softening that intention. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think we we just all keep hearing, and I I know that's no reason to quit, but I guess I see how many emails I get and you're like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Like how do I, you know, there's just so much coming in every day. And so then I just thought, well, I, no one's going to open them, but I know we were getting, we had like a 25% open rate, which I think is great. Um, but I still think, oh, well, whatever, you know, like it's just, and also 
because they open them doesn't mean they read them. They might be opening them to say, who's she? Oh yeah, I remember. She's annoying. <laughs> right? So I think for me, I just gave up because it just seemed like, it, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of noise in people's email address. But I think what you're saying is it's a long game accumulation, be, be yourself and make it gentle and just follow some basic guidelines and see where it takes you. Yeah, exactly. And I always view it as like, if I'm showing up in their inbox, it's because at some point they raised their hand and said, Hey, I need help with X, Y, and Z. Like the only reason that they're on your list is because they said that they wanted to be on your list. And they've actually done surveys. Like, do you want to hear more from the people who you subscribed to? And like 78% of people said yes. So like they're raising their hand. They're not giving their email address because, you know, you're twisting their arm. And so really, if we're showing up to, if like, if our whole mission as entrepreneurs is to serve people, then we do that in every platform in every way that we can. And if it's too much, if it's not in the right point in their life or their journey, I am, I have a very free unsubscribe policy. Like absolutely take your time, take a step back, do what you need to do and then come back. Like no harm, no foul. If somebody wants to step off the list for a second or check, you know, I'm not interested in this promo right now. It's not, that's fine. Like no big deal. Yeah. I know enough back, not to be you know? all brokenhearted. If somebody unsubscribes, like what's the point is we all know there's no sense having a thousand people on your list. If a hundred of them are interested, but Right. Okay. Oh my heavens. I have lots to think of everybody Ch- chime in. Cause you'll be getting emails. From me now. Brittany, you have a very gentle, but persuasive way about you. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. All right. Lots to think of. Okay. Brittany, where can they opt into your list? Where can they learn more of your brilliance? BrittanyBailey.com is the best place to find me at Brittany Bailey on Instagram is where I hang out the most. And I do have a podcast called sit with Brit, which you will see on both of those platforms. Also fabulous. Brittany, you have been a treat. Thank you so much. And everyone else, we will see you in the next episode. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from Chris.com. That's free gift G I F T from Chris K R I S.com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.